This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from HOSAB with mentions of Skin of the Sea and The Cruel Prince. There are also conversations surrounding suicide and sexual assault. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Shadows and Lies, book two in the Cursed Kingdom series by our friend, Diana Ortega and Jessica Marie. Yes. I know that I was surprised, and I want to know if you were surprised. <laughs> uh the twist of the century, in my opinion, um, Jet slash Sloan just blew what? me out of the water. <laughs> I My mouth was open the entire time. Didn't expect it. Out of all the things, all the things, that was the last, that was honestly the last thing I was expecting. But now I want to hold Deanna to her promise that she would never kill off, like, Jet or, you know, so... Uh, let's let's make sure that that stays that way. Yeah, now that we know who Jet, what Jet truly is. That that just that was shocking. I also like Jane was like, who the fuck is this lady? Who the fuck are you? And then we had another chapter before we found out, and then uh, and then the reveal, and I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, it was great. It was great. And I know you are not a fan of horses, but as somebody who rode horses competitively, I never thought anything of it. I was like, okay, like, you know, a lot of times they're very attuned. They get spooked really easily. So you understand why she was acting the way she was at the stables. Then we got this whole reveal. She was a complete literal person. What? Judging. 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 And then she's like, prove it. Shift to me now. And she goes, or I could just tell everybody what y'all been doing. And she's like, oh, oh, it's fine. It's, it's, it's fine. And then you have Liam when when we're in his POVs. He's like, I can't believe she saw everything. Well, yeah, it's not even because Jane is sitting there and she's like, uh, we, we did a lot. A lot in front of the horse, not just like, ooh, it was just, it was so good. I will never look at a one horse trope again the same way. Change forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now I'm always going to be thinking, I was like, oh, they sure want to be doing that. It was just, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Such a great twist. Um, It happens pretty early in the book. Uh, but Jess, take me through some of these characters because there's there's a few. There's a few. There 
there's a few. Uh, I'll list off like a lot of the key players that we work with, but we'll probably go in and out of the conversation like we typically do. But we have mostly there, it's really just like a lot of returning characters. You have Jane, Blair, Driada, Liam, Caleb, Lou, Balthazar, Jet slash Sloan in her shifter fate name, uh, Lux, Coda, and Arella. Um, who's the queen? A uh, little break, little further breakdown like coda is a healer he's also blair's brother um lou is also a healer caleb we know from the first book who jane helps uh have him get escape liam we know love of jane's life blair is obviously you know runs cardero and Giada is jane's sister who's also uh lou's girlfriend yes yes oh excellent excellent this book is very much a book too there's a lot of traveling in this book. Uh, I want to preface by saying when we say a book is a book too, that doesn't mean it's bad. That is just no an observation. No, I- it's a travel book usually, and this falls into that category. I just want to throw that out there just in case people were saying anything. No, that's a good that's a good disclaimer. You never know if you're like, yeah, oh, this is such know. a book too. No, it's a in in that regard, it's a strong book too. I mean, everything. And we said the same thing about Bloodmarked. You know, it's book two. You're traveling, you're running, you're going to places, but everything is really necessary. And Deanna just does such a great job at portraying all the necessary travel and the behind the scenes and the why, and you feel completely immersed. And in this book, we're getting three POVs. So we're interchanging between Jane, Liam, and Driata. Which is really great. I loved getting all of these different perspectives because uh, Jane has her own storyline and Dre has her own storyline and Liam intersects with both. So we get kind of the, we get, I guess, all perspectives, if you kind of look at it that way, uh, through Liam, because he's kind of dipping in and out and kind of being shady in both of these uh, timelines that are going on. And I really appreciate that this book kind of cold opens with just like mad, mad groping (laughs) in in the throne room almost immediately after their like mad flight from from a murder, like very, very great. Very like boom, we're starting now, and I kind of like when books do that because it kind of forces you to um, like focus and pay attention, and especially like a, a scene like this, I was like all in right away. Even Jane, which I love her, she's questioning everything in this book, whether it's paranoia or she's like, "What is even happening? You're trying to tell me, trying to make sense of things that don't make sense to her after her entire life, and even after all of the unaliving, they're celebrating, and she's like, it was, it was very much like, um, what is it? You know, an anchor man where they're like." We killed a guy. We might want to lay low for a while. And here you have Blair. She's like, why, why are we celebrating? He's like, we're celebrating life. Even though it was like this small little thing, people could have lost their lives and they didn't. So like, let's have at it. Yeah. And through this kind of open that we have, we have the flashbacks to, um, the escape and the killing. So it kind of does like jog your memory a little bit. So you're like, oh, okay, this is what's happening too. And we get just, just a lot of stuff and a lot of reveals and a lot of what I really love in this book is banter. The banter starts off so immediately good. and it, it is fantastic. It's good between Jane and Blair, but it's just good between all of them. Yeah. Oh, that was like, 
it, it's so natural. It doesn't feel forced. You know, it's just, it's organic and how it happens and you want more of it. And she gives, and she, Deanna gives it to us the entire book. She, she does. She does. So tell me, tell me a little bit about all of this dumping that we have in this opening scene because we have just the reveal of Sloan slash Jet, which is just too good. It's too good. But then we also have the reveal of the blood oath. We have Jane may or may not be, probably isn't human. Aren't we all Faye? Uh, just, just all of this stuff. Well, you have Jane questioning, like we were saying, she's questioning everything, what she's known to what she's finding out. You have Sloan shifting into, you know, Jet shifting into Sloan. She's and Jane's finding out. Wait, how is this happening? You're supposed to be this. This other thing's supposed to be happening. And and and, and Sloane is being the surreal. She's spilling all the tea. She's saying, "Well, this is happening over here." And what about Dree? You don't want to talk about Dree and her lover. She's over here with Lou. You don't want to talk about that. How about we talk about the blood oath that your boyfriend took to your like gatekeeping? awful person. I don't even know what to call him anymore. Like Balthazar, his brother, but like this person that she was groomed for for so long, groomed by for so long. And she's, her world is kind of imploding because it's at the same time, she had already kind of accepted the fact that she was going to unalive herself before she killed this guy that she was supposed to marry and she didn't actually kill him but you know she was just she had felt helpless and defeated but she wasn't she wasn't gonna fight you know she had already made amends with the decisions that she was going to make so now here we are on the run her sister is back you know stayed in lunasa while they're all like off to cardero and she's like what do we do she's back there she could have come with us like am i a terrible person and it's one of those situations like you kind of also have to save yourself so you can help others in the long run either and g already had this like responsibility she's like well who else was gonna do it not dad because we already see where his loyalty lies and like we really see a lot of insight through Dree's point of views in this book of she's been bigger picture this whole time, whether she was being, you know, trigger warning, sexual assault, like essentially raped by Balthazar. And she's just like, I'm just going to pretend and think it's Lou. I just have to like get through this. She's thinking long game and how she's going to get out of it very much like, and again, Hosab spoiler, how Lydia was with Pollux. And uh, Dree, so the the split that we have is Jane is with Liam and Lou and Blair in Caldaro. They have escaped after the massacre, and Dree stayed in Lunasa with Balthazar to kind of pick up the pieces because Oliver and Olivia are dead, and Dree is the next in line for the throne. Yeah. So those are those are like the two the two storylines. And then Liam is in between all of them. Uh I I need and Deanna is doing this, but I need more information on this curse. I need more information on the mortal realm, how to get there, and 
what what happens what happens because in this kind of scene where this this opening where all of this information is getting thrown at us um we're getting all these reveals jane has these um flashbacks throughout the book but this first one that she has is um of her mother telling her this um curse story about how like the the grandmother you know got pregnant and then she got like sick and then she uh, died and then the father came through like a rip in the in the world and didn't recognize um Elise I believe it's Elise and then yeah, took, Elise. and then took Corey instead like like all of that that I need I need that I am so interested in that well we're gonna get I just are we getting it and like the she has a third book coming out but the third book is set up as a prequel but it's not confirmed what we're finding out in that prequel. Yeah. I just, this is such a, like a good, interesting part of the story. I'm very excited to see like how it flushes out. Cause it has to like one way or the other. Um, but it's just, it's just so, so, so interesting because you don't see a lot of like, I'm going to pop into the mortal realm and like do something and then pop back into my realm situations. Well, especially because this whole time, Jane didn't, th- she thought she was a mortal realm. Like she didn't think, she, she didn't think it was the other way around. She knew about magic, but that was kind of the extent of it. And of course, witches, I feel like that usually goes hand in hand. But this whole fae, she, she even said like, wait, this is at one point she realized, and I think it was with uh, the puppeteers, the puppets telling that story. She's like, oh my God, this isn't a story. This is the story of my father. And these curse, like cursing the land and being like the the land being stripped of like being barren. And it it was just she was piecing everything together. And she which is why she has these moments throughout the book. Why can't why should I trust anybody? Because everything's been a lie, even even to get her to eat something. Blair put a glamour on her to convince her to eat. Yeah, that was super annoying. That that was that was super annoying, Blair. Why'd you do that? Like, I understand kind of like the protectiveness coming out or whatever, but that whole I mean, let's talk about the puppet story. Like that whole market scene, uh I firmly believe that uh Jane glamoured Lou to go buy things in the market. I firmly believe that she did that. Because there is a line in here where she says, like, I just, just, or Jane is like, Lou, just like, just go shop or like, just go buy something. And, and she says, like, Lou looked at her kind of like dazed and kind of like took off in a direction. I was just like, it was, yeah, I agree with you because it was just, it wasn't even like, cause usually Lou is in conversation and be like, are you sure? Like, why don't we just go together? There's just more dialogue between the two of them and she just, went no questions asked what do you need me to get and even the stuff that showed up in blair's room because that's where they dropped all the stuff that she got it was just kind of like dumped there was no purpose (laughs) is kind of how how uh but that goes hand in hand with jane didn't even know what she was capable of and you see that later obviously when she's like unaliving guards and then projecting her last images which that's very much like fringe, right? I've never seen it, but like you're familiar with it. Fringe? Oh yeah, that's definitely a fringe yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but they were just saying like if this is the if these are the things you can do um with your glamour unintentionally, we can't wait 
to see what power you wield. And once you see it in yourself, the power that you hold when you have intent with what you're doing. And that that's that's very exciting. Oh, you're taking us to the end of end of the book with that. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's we're we're not we're back and forth. It's 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 all very exciting. Uh, as long as we're a little bit back and forth, Liam Liam has a flashback memory, and I so I've read this a few times now. the The first couple times I didn't pick up that Balthazar was having an affair with Jane's mom. Like I didn't pick up your your face. I didn't know yeah. now either. Yeah. So there's a line that says like, um, like Jane's mom's death was helped along by her affair with the keeper. The keeper oh, is Balthazar. The ke- he, Balthazar is the keeper. Yeah. So like, so, so Jane's mom. So this is, this is just like another level of gross. Like Jane's mom was fucking Balthazar who Jane was like lusting after later on and like it's just it's just like this gr- it's it's just gross um so my my point to that is um Liam's kind of like flashback um to Jane on her birthday like getting dressed with her mom like all of that like he knew at that point that that was the last time that Jane was going to see her mom and that's why he like took her into the garden he like gave her the ring and then at the end he was like you know like go see your mom go see your mom and like that little thorn ring that Jane finds in Blair's art room, uh, I I really liked that little detail, and I liked the uh, continuity between like, well, if you like that art room, you'll love the one that I have in my house. Um, I I just I just really I really liked that. Um, also, though, if we're talking about Liam, we're all over the place. Uh, Liam, <laughs> Liam knowing about the blister berries and what the blister berries did made me so mad when I'm thinking about what happened in the first book and like how worried Jane was. And Liam really was just like, no, all good. All good. This just I, goes back to like men. a regular. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, if you just like tell people, if, especially when you know, right? Like that's one of the things I think we said with skin of the sea with Simmy, you're like, well, of course she, of course she's acting a certain way. Nobody told her. Why? Of course she's freaking out. Yeah, and no one, no one told her. So the puppet story, the puppet story. Do you want to? Do you have? Do you have the details of I the might, puppet story? I might have it. Hold on. I hold on. So there are three damsels who weren't damsels at all. One born willful with a warrior's heart carved her away through carved her way through her mother's womb one born with her head high not in the clouds but with a with a sniff of grace that didn't match her tattered clothes and one lovelier than than any had ever laid eyes on this was the times these were times before the war when one king replaced magic with mortality so one should fear before cutting down another leaving only warriors that he trusted with such greatness that's an important little detail i think (laughs) all of it so the king was worried about the women betraying him, even after giving them such gifts. So he basically showered these women with like, you know, power and gifts and all the things. So, um, but to protect all the things that he gave them, he imbued the gifts with curses to protect his own heart. So if the graceful one decided to betray the king, she would kill her soul's mate, the one who trusted her implicitly. Should the warrior betray him, she would she would be slain by one she trusted and 
should the lovely betray him, she would be cursed to fragment a part of her searching the world for her soul's mate only to be only to be betrayed and slain by them. Then you find out, oh, but did anybody betray them? Like they knew about these curses. They all did. They all did. And um, they, 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 they chose the people that they fell in love with over the king and the king was butthurt about it. So he really was. And after, so the women all run away with their lovers, obviously, and become queens and start their own kingdoms with their lovers. That's kind of how they explain the fragmenting of the kingdoms, at least in my opinion. Uh, But specifically the warrior damsel dies And her lover cast his own curse uh, so that the king would have eternal life and he would watch his love um, be born, fall in love with him and die over and over and over again. And while she's dead, the land is also dead. Uh, And once she's alive, the land is also alive. And but this curse will be through all lifetimes. So it's basically like an eternal situation and that was that curse was to spite the original curse and we can extrapolate from with our big brains that that is jane's dad and the Mm -hmm. curse and he is uh you know he was the lover that the warrior ran away with yes goodness yes so that's that is like with such an important story for a little puppet show like damn yeah because then you're like (laughs) you can only imagine being an audience member there thinking like, okay, we know this is the story. Wait, this is, this is the remix. I haven't heard this version when they're adding like their own person, like the puppeteers are adding their own personal drama and everybody thinks it's hilarious. But I do, it's like, even when Jane's walking by, she's looking over at Lou. Lou's laughing at this whole thing. She's like, I can't believe she's even cracking a smile because Jane's still processing. This is my life. This is exactly what's happening in Lunasa and everybody's laughing at it, you know, but that's obviously her lived experience because they're in Cardaro. Everybody, you know, Blair is beloved by his people and they, and you know, and even again, this is a little flash forwarding to the, you know, to the end, but understanding the blood oath, and the oaths that people make to each other when there's an oath of will and then there's a, like a, the blood oath, which is like you're kind of forced into it or like out of obligation. So you see that here where she's like, these people want to be here. And he says that to her. He's like, who's going to like my people? What? They're not going to help you escape because you're I'm protecting you. You know, of course, they're going to listen to me. But yeah. she's seeing everybody what they like, she, her, you know. Lunas is kind of a joke to everybody. It, it is. It is. It's dying. And I think the line that they throw a lot around a lot is like, why would we want your dying land? Like, there's literally nothing there that we would fight over. Like, what? Well, what and then what you the have hell? it in Dree's flashbacks, too, of she's like, we were just like cash prize, you know, for our dads to marry off because we were we were kind of all he had left, but it's not like we had a dowry to come with us. So what used to be like, Oh, everybody's going to vie for the kids, like the serpent kids. That's not the case anymore. Like you're lucky if somebody wanted you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Dree. We'll, we'll get to Dree. We'll get to Dree. Uh, but we are up to Blair 
glamoring Jane and the pastry shop and throwing of the pastries and uh, Callista um, taking or taking Jane to the old man to hear the like riddle prophecy kind of situation. Um, I hate riddles. I know. <laughs> I know. I mean, I get it. It's totally in, like it goes with the genre. I'm just terrible at them. Uh, okay, so so after after all the glamoring, which you know, Blair, that's not okay, Blair. Please, please don't glamour. Please don't glamour. But it does teach us the reader a lesson about like what goes on and like um, about the devil's nettle and about kind of the politics and the walk through the market also tells us the reader that like everybody's fey, you know, she, Callista They've is- almost been like glamored this whole time. Like, and mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, I, I think the, the easiest way to equate it was like in the first book of Akatar when Farah's just kind of walking around and she's not realizing anything because everything's been glamoured for so long. Because you also see it when she's approaching Waylon later in the book. She was like, what is this? I've been here before. And it did not look like this. And they were like, welcome to glamour. It did not look like this. Uh, okay. So I have found the curse or the uh, the kind of riddle situation that we've got going for uh, Callista taking to the old man to see Jane. That's on page 144. I will read it for you. It is in three parts. It is a curse, a breath, a kiss of death. True power is within, but look no further from the chest. A keeper sure to win. Let's see. The stream wades low and you shall row the darkness inside. The alleys near for a deer will surely turn your tide. Broken hearts and love's lost part for the one half whole to mend. When you fold and grab a hold, you learned how best to bend. Did you get them? No. No, no I don't try. I don't try. <laughs> I, I just I, read words. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have given up. I, I, am, I am a silly little teenage girl and I have given up using my brain when it when i see a riddle <laughs> and i just go ooh riddle hmm. moving on <laughs> yeah like sometimes it's like oh that has a nice rhythm or whatever okay moving on it'll tell me the answer later on uh and uh, no no so no i didn't i didn't even think about it uh for the rest of the book so yeah i have it highlighted didn't i was like oh that's important. Yeah, it's important. I'm sure it'll be like really relevant. Um, but I, I don't give uh, any fucking time to riddles. They'll solve themselves. <laughs> They'll solve themselves. Um, but it is not at- that they're not good, Deanna. Thank yeah, you that, if you're yeah. listening. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I just don't have the the brain power for them. But you know, that's that's just me. Uh, we are up now to. Two, the the very gross meeting that you have alluded to between Balthazar and Dre, um, that situation that Liam has to like hear. Uh, we don't really have to go back over that. It's gross. Uh, it's it's um. There's more. I'll say this. There's more anal in this book than I anticipated, um, because I I anticipated none and I got <laughs> two. <laughs> Wait, one is with Balthazar, and is the other with yep. Blair mm-hmm. and yes, the three of them? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, it was just a little bit more anal than I was used to, but uh, thinking back on like courtly politics and stuff, this um, 
anal situation does make sense. It is before their wedding, so... Um, oh, okay. I mean, you know, for propriety, every... You know, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Uh, just, like, not expected, unexpected. Uh, really took me by surprise. But uh, it does go to show the level that Dree is willing to go um, to carve out a place for herself here to pick up the pieces to make sure that what she's doing because she is at this point um she's doing the subterfuge like she has the rebels like through the door she's already doing that oh it's very femme fatale of her i Mm -hmm. love it i love it and i as much as i don't like the scene um I appreciate her flashbacks. I love that we get to have a little bit more insight of her and Lou's relationship, knowing that she was under a completely different guise and under different name that their relationship had been established for some time before we have even known when they were like, we knew they were like feeling on each other in the first book. So to see like the history there and those flashbacks were really nice. Um, I also, and, and we talked about this earlier, uh, at the, before we started recording the miscommunication trope that happens in here usually that's a trope that i know laura and i aren't huge fans of especially in a romantic situation but this was the first time i've seen the miscommunication trope in regards to like it wasn't it had nothing to do with romance you know you have dree walking in on one situation with Balthazar and Liam having this conversation. And she's like, I can't believe this guy who keeps breaking my sister's heart is out here doing this thing. Obviously she doesn't know about the blood oath because she wasn't there when Sloan did everything. And then of course Liam leaves and he's like being a voyeur listening in on jury and his brother go at it. And he's thinking this other thing of jury all miscommunication we're all on the same team people we just gotta talk um and and i just and same thing with the miscommunication there's a miscommunication with Dree and uh jane with some flashbacks of Dree just saying or i'm sorry jane just saying like oh you know i really you know i just lost my mom it would have been really nice to have somebody there for me like i know i didn't ask for it but just somebody showing up would have been really good not knowing the whole time Dree did show up. She was like that. What she was, she loved her sister in the true like big sister form. Even though they had like kind of a tumultuous, tumultuous uh, sibling dynamic that we kind of under get to see some of in book one. And she walked in on her sister, and she sees her sister in pain, crying out for Liam. So she's like, "I my all my little sister wants is this boy that she loves. I'm gonna go find this." So it's just like miscommunication tropes happening in a non romantic way, which was really refreshing. It was really refreshing. It was also frustrating too. Uh, but, <laughs> but as is the trope, as but... is, as is the trope. But something that I really did appreciate that we did get to see is that there is like a mind. Um, bond between Blair and Liam. So, like, he has that, uh, Liam has Blair's voice in his head and vice versa. And I liked seeing that, especially just between men as well. Uh, the, the yeah. intimacy kind of there too, uh, where, you know, Blair is actively through, through distance trying to help Liam, like, overcome these, like, orders and this blood bond to Balthazar, just like kind of all the time. Which I I really like just like knowing that that is always going on kind of at like a base level in Liam. That is just that is just kind of nice. 
Well, seeing that here helps us understand, like, I'm sure rereading the first book, you're going to go back and be like, I wonder if this was a point, you know, all those moments that, you know, he took pause, he as in like Liam took pause aside from the blood oath, because we know that there's certain commands that, you know, if anybody even brings it up, you basically have to go feral. You got to do whatever you can to shut them up. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a coaching situation that Blair is having. Like they're trying to do those check-ins and also have the espionage going on because like he, we even have a flashback of like, Oh, I had to act a certain way around Blair. And the first, the first time the three of them were together. However, she doesn't know that. I know Blair would never touch her, but Blair also said some, or Blair also said something that kind of triggered from the blood oath. So it was kind of like a weird situation, but you can see slowly, slowly Liam's going to like just overcome that. Cause I refuse to think the way the end of this book end ended is like, I'm like, no, he's coming back. Yeah. I, I also refuse. We'll, There's we'll, no way. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, Dree and Liam are tasked by Balthazar at this point to go find Lux to go kill Orabella's 16 year old heir because it's an heir for an heir. And Orabella was in on the plot to kill Eris with Blair. All of that. So this is an eye for an eye situation. And Balthazar is setting up the uh, kidnap of Jane. He's out on the hunt for Jane because Jane has to be pre- presented to the king of Mavari when he shows up like at the end of the week or something um, to kind of be like, yo, w- w- what, what the fuck? What the fuck? My son is dead. So all, all of that is happening. And that's where we get kind of um, Dree taking Liam through the tunnels you know, we are reintroduced to the um, two guards, right? I cannot think of their names offhand. Uh, Z- oh, Xander. Uh, De- De- yeah. Xander, uh, who's related to Tessa. And they, they, Dree takes Liam through the tunnels. The tunnels end up in Tessa's, like, living room, like, kitchen kind of area. Very fun. Uh, we get to see Tessa again. But it is this long kind of... um time that we stay with Dree where she is with these rebels and Tessa kind of explains like yeah like Dree you have to be the one to step up and like take charge Dree doesn't want to and they're getting rejection letters from people because they've stuck Dree's name on it but nobody's going to rally around Dree because her family sucks and that is like Dree's whole storyline for a little bit just trying to sort out the rebels and um get comfortable in a leadership role. And while she's doing that, uh, Jane is trying to get comfortable with her um, glamour magic situation that she, she is working on. she keeps fucking Blair and it's great. Yeah, yeah but she keeps it. It's, yeah, they're very horny for each other and it's very, for it's very fun. I know, good for them. Good for them. Um, we have glossed over their three-way scene. They did have a very sexy three-way scene before Liam leaves Jane uh, to come back to Balthazar because his blood oath vows are too strong. Um, very early in the book, we, we have a you know, three-way scene. You know, we mm. appreciate Deanna 
never never waited she doesn't wait long she did it the first time and this time too and at one point the threesome was a foursome before it went to the threesome it's oh and then oh it went twosome foursome threesome that's how it was because they were both because blair was hooking up with some chick and then liam and jane were hooking up and this is all at like the celebration orgy party in the afternoon because there was one when they first came back and then she had to get ready in the palace and then she got she went again to the ball i guess like part two i don't know um and then they're like both with their their respective partners but they're watching each other from across the room and then all of a sudden he like vampire whooshed right next to them against the wall so then there was like a lot of touching a lot of spiciness all four were involved with each other at some point then they were really like deuces with the girl that Blair was with so it wound up being just Blair um Blair Liam and Jane and it was all very great very spicy you fanned yourself you're like okay um and, and you know what I appreciated that Deanna did it she wrote it in a way and I don't know I've never been in one so I appreciated that I wasn't so caught up you know when we read another book where there was a joining and we were like, what the hell is going on? What? I didn't mind not knowing who was, because Jane was very much like, I have no idea. It is dark. I am on some hallucinogenics. I'm feeling good. This whole situation is feeling good. And even at one point, she was asking, she, Jane was asking Liam, oh my gosh, are you jealous? And he's like, please, that is my, like, I would love to share you with him and vice versa. Like, this would be glorious. And it's just the confidence, too, that he's like, I am not threatened. We are both all into this. Yeah. All three, not even both. But like, yeah, all three. All go three. team. <laughs> yeah. Go team. Really, really about that. And it's a real, and actually, it's a really good transition, too, because, um, Jane spends a lot of time chained up in that bed, which I find very funny since she's manifesting these like chains herself. Like all of this is like she's doing this all to herself. Um, but she does end up tied chained to that bed. And Blair's trying to help her work through this like fear of being helpless and fear of like being unable to move and and kind of work through her trauma a little bit because he knows that we're going into something like more and we're not going to be able to have time to like deal with this you have to handle this now like we have this little bit of reprieve let's use this time like wisely which i do like even though they're very horny for each other oh i love it and like even when everybody walks in they can just like they smell it they see it they're like ah come on like Okay, maybe that was the wrong choice of words, but they're just, you know, it's very fun and you always have to appreciate Blair's Blair. He's like, I have nothing. I want you to help. I want to help you help yourself. We are in an, like you said, we are in a controlled environment. Let's maximize this time while we can. And even there are some times where she was, she would be, oh, I can't remember the scene exactly right now where she, maybe it was when she just like came to after unaliving his two guards where she was still just kind of like locked down. And he goes, you need to relax. You need to breathe. And she goes, distract me. And he distracts her the only way he knows how to distract her. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. For real. Uh, that is before... Or after, no, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Uh, 
But, but, while Jane is working through her, like, being tied up situation, uh, there is a raider attack on Dree and Liam at kind of at the same time that there is yeah. the attack on Jane um, with the guards, which I, I, I like that kind of duality going on because both of them are, like, both in very vulnerable situations. Um, I was not expecting either of these, <laughs> to be to be honest. Well, it's at the same place that, I mean, it's at Tessa's. It's at the same place where, like, her home is a target. So that happened in book one, too, where, and that's where we find out some of the Raiders' names. Keller was back. And I mean, he was, he was just kind of like the worst of all of them, really. And Liam was very impressed with Dree in that moment because that's when some of the rebels like came out of nowhere also. He's like, where did you, you, did all this and then even the raiders were asking they were like we're here for two things two things only like the princess and Dre and her head's like well obviously i guess i'm not the princess because i'm not the one they're referring to and like the per- the leader of the rebellion and she's like well uh sister's not here and me i and they were like you can't do that you're a girl <laughs> That's basically what they did, doubted. And just uh, the amount of th- this whole book is quotable. So, I mean, just everything the and feminism, like Deanna went hard with it. And I absolutely love it because there's even like there's little lines that she's like, why? Why are men? Actually, that's it. Like, why? Why men? Like, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. Yeah, the why men, the why men is so good. The why men, <laughs> yeah, just the the whole book just could be why men. And I, I there there is a line someone says like you know what what women could do if they weren't so worried about like stroking men's egos. I think Dree says yeah. it. It's just like it's so good, it's so good. Um, but that that raider attack is pretty intense uh, because we have Caleb who is like healed. Um, from Jane and he and she like took away his malnutrition and he's like like yeah, it was gonna be like he had like a severe growth spurt because they were they were like we we just saw you you good bro yeah and he is he's really good um but Tessa is not because uh the Raiders like win in this situation and Tessa does not give up anybody and they end up wh- whipping Tessa and that is. Very upsetting for everybody, you know, everybody, but especially for Dree. This is like all very traumatizing for Dree. And Tessa is like, uh, she comes up and she's like, he got them out, he got them out, he got them out, talking about her children and Lux being like, they are not here to see Tessa being whipped, but like, damn, damn. Woof. Uh, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. Uh, Dree has a huge like character arc, but I think. Like, she has bonded to Tessa in a way that she has not bonded to, like, a mother figure, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so watching her do this, I think, was, um, like, a big step in her development and kind of owning to the responsibility that she has to her people, that she has been pushing on the back burner, I think, for a while. Well, and that's it's when she steps up more and then she goes to like she kicks the door in. Sorry, I'm thinking of a different scene, but she does like invade the space that Keller and his like little, you know, goons are in. And he's like, oh, if you just wanted more, you should have because we know how he essayed her in the first book. He's like, you just had to ask, blah, blah. blah. And anyway, she's like, I'm done with this shit. 
Like I was not born and you, there's a, I think uh, there, there's a line where she's like, I was not born stubborn and spiteful. I was created it. And like y'all, and she starts marking people too, the way Jane does. And she's like, he's number one. And of course, and he's not intimidated by her. Lux comes in behind her and he's like, motherfucker. And then of course, uh, Keller's like begging for his life because now he's intimidated. And Dre is like rolling her eyes. She's like, he's gonna be, she's, he's scared of him. I'm the one who's gonna kill him. And she does. She does. And she does. Yeah. And she, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, so, okay. So we said at the same time that the Raiders are attacking, uh, Dre and Liam. James is also being attacked. Uh, Liam, Liam just totally fucks off here. Dips. He fucking dips. And she, and Dre is like, this dude, this guy, are you serious? Uh, just when she was like slowly like this, she's like, this is the guy my sister's going to love. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just, he fucks off. He's just like, mm, this, this sucks. Bye. And so he leaves and he goes to uh, the, the islands, Wayland. He goes to Wayland because he is going to fulfill his mission um he's gonna get really drunk first and that's basically what he does for a while <laughs> you know good on you good on you um but he does leave Dree, and i do love that Dree's like fucking hell this guy um but the attack jane jane's attack i i liked jane's attack because it is now the second time where lou us the reader realizes that Lou has been acting weird, right? When Jane is tied up and Lou's like, all right, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And she's like way, way uncool about stuff. And she's just like, no, do this, do this. How many guards are outside? There's 16 guards. There are 16 guards outside. And Jane is like, feels like you've been waiting your whole life to say that. What the fuck is going on? What is this? And then she starts being like, "It, it, everything is hazy. I need to like, why? Why is this? I really appreciated that. And I, too, would like to feel that if my friends were acting fucky, I would think this is not right. This is not right. Why are you acting like this? But I don't know if I have that. <laughs> Ability. No, I think you're good. You would I think you would pick you would probably internalize it a little bit. You'd be like, Jessica's really quiet today. Like, what the or, fuck? I haven't heard from someone about, like, this is, this isn't the stuff she usually spams me about. Like, I know when she wants to, like, be on her own, but I don't know. I think you would. I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll see maybe one day, but damn, don't, don't try me. Uh, it, it was, it was good though. Like, it, it was all really good. And it does show that Jane is incredibly powerful. And we, the reader, and her do not know the extent of that power, though. Um, but we do get to meet Coda and 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 Blair's Blair's brother. I know. Well, and and to what you said, like it's nice as a reader. Sometimes you just want to like know all the information so you don't feel lost. But Jane is just as lost. So you're learn like it really is nice. You're kind of learning it with her. You know, she passes out, and then it's just like, wait, wait. She wakes up. Where am I? And we're all like, I don't know. Where are you? We want to know, too. And those are those are you're never as lost as you think you are sometimes. Yeah. Especially with reading, because sometimes some especially with fantasy, you could think, wait, did I miss something? I feel like I missed something. Yeah. And and the things that I do feel like I have missed are the things that I have missed that are like not there to keep us 
reading. Yeah. So to keep us. Well, and you've on read this like the, four times at I this did. point. I did. I have read. I have read this. I have read this a lot. I've read this a lot. Um, moving on with the plot, though, a little bit here. Jane is very adamant about wanting to go home. Uh, she wants to go back to Lunasa, and Blair is like, "Why? Tell tell me why. Why do you want to go back there? Everybody hates you. The land is dying. You've been like fucking disowned, and like people are out to kill you. Like, why do you want to go back?" She doesn't even realize that her father wrote her off at this point. She like by when she's like trying to make plans to go back, she's like, "Please, just let me." Please. Like, why do you want to go back to a place that you're not welcomed? Yeah, and and we understand why Lou wants to go back. Of course, she wants to go back to Dree, um, and so like she's very insistent on it. So when the agreement to go back finally does happen, and Jane is like, "All right." All right, Blair, you want to come with me? Fine. You want guards to come with me? Fine. Like, we're going to get on a boat and we're going to go. Um, so this is like, again, we're traveling here. Uh, I I like these conditions that happen when we're on the boat. But I do also like that Lou just gets fucking smashed. It makes me very happy. And I also, also like that the guards that... So the brother guard, right? Uh, what is his name? Emmett. Emmett. And Aiden and Twill were the two guards that uh, Jane unalived because they were trying to unalive her. Uh, I do like that Emmett is just like pissed off at Jane the whole time. He's like, you killed my brother. Like, you killed my fucking brother. And um, Blair stands for it until he doesn't. And then he's just like, yo, he was a traitor. First of all, secondly, you just keep everything inside. I, I don't, I don't need to hear any of your bullshit. Uh, your loyalty to me cannot be in question, so prove it to me right now. And also, he Emmett stands up for Jane later at the end of the book uh, when he's uh, trying to, I don't know, kind of sell her like glamour ability, and and he harkens back to the sex glamour that we kind of saw earlier but it is just it is nice to see a character have like what is it begrudging respect built over time and this is a little detail moment character situation little thread that stuck out to me this last time i was just like huh i bet that was nice the little begrudging respect fuck you uh, oh, so we are up to one of my favorite, my favorite quotes, uh, my favorite quotes in the book. The, the whole book is very quotable, um, but it's it's a passing kind of quote that is given to Jane. And it is, um, how often do you have to be told that you have unbearable power before you get curious enough to use it? This is in regard to Jane not like being aware of her magic and her abilities or being able to use it or tap it or to control it. Uh, I love me an overpowered female MC, uh, always, always, always. So I am so ready for her just to like explode and to have just like unlimited power. Well, and everybody knows it too. I mean, we've talked about it earlier in this episode and they're like, you're going to be a terror. And I'm like, in the best fucking way possible. I'm so excited. I think everybody's excited. And I think, and Jane's going to learn to grow into it because she's always been kind of uncertain of herself for so long. Absolutely. So while Jane, so who do we have on the boat? We have Jane and 
uh, Lou and Sloane and Sage, a couple Blair. other, yeah, Blair, a couple other characters, uh, Elise, Alina, Alina, Alina. yeah, Alina, a few, a few other people. They are all on the boat, and the boat is taking them to to Waylon, to Waylon, uh, eventually to Lanessa, uh, but to. Waylon, because there is business in Waylon, and we know the business in Waylon is that Liam is tasked to kill the heir, and Bel- and Blair is like on an intercept. That is that is what is happening there. But while that is happening, uh, the Raiders and Dree and uh, Lux have they've all had enough of each other, and this is the this is the scene just that you were like alluding to oh. earlier. Um, with all the raiders and Tessa's house burning down and Dree, like when, you know, that whole situation, she falls on her knife. This poor woman, she always has some shit going on with her house. I feel so bad for her. I know. It's it's really just the worst. Um, but through all of this raider situation and through the rebels, like, rising up, all of this happening, um, the, the raiders do say that they know how to break the curse. Uh, you have to kill the king with his own sword. And that is how the curse will be broken. And they just kind of like yell that out there. And and everyone's kind of just like, yeah, fuck you, hurt enough, die. Uh, and <laughs> they kind of end it there. But uh, obviously it's very important because it happened. <laughs> spoiler happens later on. Um, but after, so like after the Raiders are taken care of, after poor Tessa's house burns down, after Dree has that whole situation uh, with Keller and after the the like burning right and everyone's kind of like trying to come back together and to be a community again and everyone's kind of like celebrating and having like a meal and like sitting down t- together community um that fucking door materializes and Balthazar comes out and just is like see I told you they have the princess they kidnapped the other princess <laughs> the other one <laughs> and uh Balthazar just basically drags Dree back to the castle and subdues all of the raiders or all of the rebels. Rebels, yeah. yeah they're rebels. <laughs> rebels. Rebels. I was going to say rebellion. Rebels <laughs> at this at this point. Uh so it is it is just like this whole this whole thing. Um but so that that is what's happening over there. So in Wayland though, I'm going to make a comparison and I know it's okay. Uh this this whole getting to the capital of Wayland and the islands and the boat going down, very cruel prince, very undersea, very lovely, very fun, unexpected, not what I was expecting at all. Uh, when Emmett was like, what are you doing looking over the boat? Are, are you trying to get killed? I was like, whoa, no one explained what was going on here. No one said we were going to be going down. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of communication would have been nice, though. But she, uh, but she Jane, was busy uh, perfecting her glamour. Yeah, with a very original name. She was 
creating this whole persona. Very um, Jane would be, you know, in this, you know, she needs a disguise. She needs a glamour and completely consensual because Flair is even like, look, it would be really be helpful. Like she goes, you just glamour me. And he goes, you need to practice. It'll be great. And like, do something with your hair. And then he's like, but definitely change your eyes because I would be, I would know your eyes anywhere. I'd be jealous of, I was like, he could smooth talker, talker, that man, he could say whatever he wants in my ear. Um, and he, you know, and she's like, okay. And she, he's like, what's your name? And she's like, it's going to be Janelle. He's like, <laughs> and he's like, not not at all close to your actual name. That's actually really original. And she's like, sarcasm. I, Okay. Um, I love it. I think it's great. I also think it's a nice little throwback to book one. Um, I don't know if that was the intention, but it was very much like when they were in- introducing Jane in book one and they tried to give her a fanciful, you know, royal name. And she goes, no, 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 it's, it's just, it's just Jane. And here she is. She was like Jane to Janelle. And I thought it was so good. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I, that, that you can, you can feel the personality in a lot of these characters, and it's more defined in this book, too. A character with a more defined personality that I really loved was Queen Orabella. Uh, I was all about this. I was all about Orabella. I really liked this, and I liked Blair's immediate defense of her, too, when Jane is like, oh, yeah, like, I heard some shit. Like, they, like, kill people, they kill men and, like, eat them and, like, all of this stuff. And Blair's like, look, I know that you don't know any better, but let me educate you <laughs> on some stuff. Uh, and, and, and he does, he says like, that is a cultivated reputation because men are afraid of strong women and they will demonize like strong women. Right. Um, men so what is be or- men in. Men be men in. So Orabella <laughs> takes in survivors and she helps them escape. Uh, and, and they have like this whole situation. And it is through this meeting here that we learn a lot of stuff. Um, we learn that uh, Liam and Orabella killed Oliver for a very, who did that to you, revenge moment. Yeah. So fun. And Jane finds out it was a who did that to you moment. And she's like, ooh. Well, and then she starts questioning things, too, because she's like, he's always like made different promises. She's like, this is this is the pro- a promise he kept. Yeah, it's like, mm, interesting, interesting. Uh, we learn that Orabella and Jane's mother, Cora, were friends. And the fair that Jane attended with Cora was supposed to be a distraction so that Corey could escape and leave. But Oliver prevented it. So it was just like another kind of like, fuck you when they killed Oliver. Uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting stuff here. We We are under the sea in a beautiful crystal cavern. But we, the reader, get to witness Blair tell... Orabella that Liam is there to kill her child, which is and Jane is just like, what? Yeah, well, Jane is clueless, but we know this because of the the blood oath and the, you know, what was required Balthazar told Liam to do. And then that's when that's when Queen Orabella was just says, what do we do? All right, now I'm listening. Now you have my attention because to the wider 
country's lands more or less they don't know that she has a daughter we know this because they're like oh but she doesn't have any heirs and liam's like haha i have been you know doing some espionage and i did find out and so here we are and that's you know essentially why he's on this mission because we know the whole eye for an eye but they're the select few that know of her daughter because she's kept it under wraps for so long and, you know, you're, you're talking about Liam. There's a flashback here that I thought was very interesting. And it was of, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, um, the first application of the blood oath. And it's Liam killing Balthazar's mother. And it is, and it, and it, the way that it's worded is that she was very kind to Liam when they took him in. So the brothers thing, I, I'm not sure. I am not sure. I am confused if Liam is a bastard of Vellum. Like a half-brother's situation? Yeah. Or if he is a rando that they took in. I'm unclear on that. Because uh, they are together, but Vellum doesn't treat Liam like a son and it's like the my brother thing they hate and the way that they kind of describe this killing of of the mother is is kind of strange um so i i'm just curious i'm interested to see how that is flushed out a little bit more like how the dynamic like yeah. what exactly like or is it brother in the sense of you know other characters that we know it's like a brotherhood more yeah exactly because they're both fake because because the line is is balthazar fake because he did the blood oath and it's like well if balthazar is fake they're brothers so liam has to be fake but like liam doesn't say anything when jane says that like he doesn't confirm or deny but there's certain things that he can't say because of the blood oath so she that's i mean we find that out and we know that in the beginning of the book where she goes i need to know more can i just ask you yes or no questions and he's either completely evading them or not answering them at all yeah so i I, i'm just there's one of those things where i'm confused i'm intrigued i'm interested you've got my attention all of these things were you expecting tessa to be executed publicly that poor woman i wasn't expecting it but i wasn't surprised if that makes sense she is clearly a very selfless woman that we've known since book one opening her doors to people who need it very you know like it almost like even when she was like that he got him out he got him out he she was just like that was her mantra as she was being whipped that her kids were safe and i there there's something about those moments that i won't ever know um but i feel like a lot of like good healthy parents would be like you know what everything is fine as long as my kids are okay yeah yeah <sighs> It was it was hard. It was a hard scene. It was a hard scene to read, especially since you know Dre's just like sitting there seething, and she hates Balthazar yeah. just so much. Uh, and then you know, just I just hate like it's just a frustration because obviously it's not even like just Balthazar in general is just we know how he got to his power, quote unquote, because their their dad at the end of the day he was a weak king. He was a shitty king. He was a shitty dad and a shitty king, and he essentially let. Balthazar, like he wouldn't do anything unless like Balthazar like okayed everything. So he, that's how he got to power and everything. 
And and Dree even says it to Liam. She goes, life was great until you and your fucking brother showed up. And now my whole life mi- mission is trying to fix what you all fucked up. Yeah, it's like you suck so bad. You you were just like, uh, it's like my dad is a really terrible person too, but like you just made everything so much worse. Like, ugh, asses, just asses, all of them. My God. Uh, so again, while that is, while Tessa is being executed, Liam is on his way to like working his way through the palace to execute Orabella and her daughter, Tavis? Tavia. 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 Uh, so here we have Jane uh, doing the glamour of her life. I swear to God, <laughs> she she really is, uh, you know, good under pressure. She just pulled it out because uh, Liam didn't question any of it. He was like totally like one track mind. You know, and he did his he did his job. Uh, and after after uh, Blair's like, give Jane some credit, Orabella. And Orabella's like, mm, you did fine. <laughs> like. Mm, okay okay but i i did appre- i did appreciate that i and i also like it as an indicator of jane's potential power because of the line that orabella says she's like well you were um like cory's daughter i expect great things from you i expect you to be like powerful and good so and we're seeing that as a reader because we don't know you know, it goes back to like, we don't know what we don't know, but we just keep seeing like, look how powerful you are with things that you can't control. So look how powerful she is when she is controlling the thing. Exactly. And that's just, just that's just on such a small scale of what's to come, especially since we're not even like we know war, like war is imminent. We still this is this is a book, too. This is a travel book. We're not even in the war yet. We've had a couple battles. We had a raid. But we're not even in the war yet. We are not in the war yet because some shit still has to go down. Uh, the shit that has to go down. Liam is sad and guilty and he's on the beach and he's trying to go home. And he's just like, da, 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 da. And Jane goes after him. She's like, he can't be by himself. Like, he just can't by, be by himself. And Jane has such a relatable inner monologue here. So Jane ends up going through the portal with Liam. She just can't. She just can't let it go. She just can't let it go. You know, she, they have this like banter. You know, it's very like, you know, sexy kind of situation with them. And he, but he does shut it down. Uh, and they have like a, a full betrayal kind of moment here. And she sees him like put his mask on and totally like separate himself because he believes that he has just like murdered uh, a child and, and a queen. So he, he is in this like moment. And um, she she can't just let him have the last word, which I really appreciate. So she goes after him and ends up falling through the portal. But she's like, you know what? As she's going through her inner monologue, it's like, you know, I, sh- I, sh- I should have done all of this really differently. I This was a bad decision. This was dumb. I should not have done this. And I appreciate that because it's not a lot of times that you get like an instant kind of regret like that for a character being like, mm, I fucked up real bad. <laughs> Because she essentially steps right into Liam's dagger. Like, he stabs her, like, immediately. And she wakes up in a cell. And, uh, you know, that's, like, the last 30 pages of the book. Yeah. And and it's, it's fucking brutal. And it's fucking brutal. Uh, Jane is in the dungeons of, of 
the castle in a devil's nettle circle and she's being drugged by the blister berries, slowly driving her to, I think the term that uh, she uses is lunacy here, which is funny because they're in Lunasa. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, but while that is happening, uh, Liam says the line of a lifetime. Once upon a time, I began in an adamant fist clenched over my heart. There was a boy with a thief's charm and a girl with emerald eyes. Do they fall in love? She asked, pressing her face against the barrier. So her nose squished before pulling back away. Madly. Madly. <sighs> Madly. Oh, my God. Liam, it's such a good line. And they have like a little like bicker and banter a couple times after that, too. It's like, are you lying? Are you lying? Yeah, there's no one I'd rather be miserable with. Like, they're still just the fucking cutest. But that line, that line, because she is in and out of lunacy. He's sitting there just like telling her these stories. You know, you know, it's like dark and dank and he, he's like sitting against they're the just, wall. Uh, and, like, so vulnerable. So vulnerable. Like, yes. and, and they're like talking about like what would happen, like whose name they would take. And he's like, I, I hate my name. My name sucks. The only like my favorite name is my name on your lips. So he was like, I take your last name. Like. You know what that does to me overall. So, like, this is why I'm like, I totally do Blair. Like, I pick Blair. And then you have Liam right here, too. And I'm like, I want Liam. And then, like, why choose? Why choose? Team why choose? <laughs> Team why choose? Team why choose? Uh, okay. We are up to Dree and her power move of fucking murdering her father, the king, after he cracked her in the face with his sword. And it is alluded that he has done that for a long time because Dree is old. They're witches. They're, they age differently. But it is alluded that he has abused her a lot throughout her lifetime and that she like she was like braced for it. She knew when he said her name a certain way that he wanted her to turn so that he could look at her when he hit her. It was just this whole really bad situation that that she just takes control of and stabs the fuck out of him and that was very satisfying i just love Dree. i i remember when we spoke to deanna um in our first episode in, in regards to the first book um we were she was she, the book shadows and lies was coming out soon and she goes i can't wait to everybody sees the character arc because she admittedly said she hated Dree. She did not like Dree and Dree has become her favorite character at the, at the time that we had spoken with her. And I can see why the character arc, the growth, Laura and I were talking before the episode. She's the sister and you brought this up. Uh, what did you say? She's the sister that everybody wanted Taryn and the cruel prince to be. Yeah, if you, if you're gonna have a character arc where you start off as a shitty sister, you uh, you know you better end up as Dree because if you end up as Taryn, you still suck. And that and that's <laughs> just that. Uh, so it was just it was really it was very fun. It was really good. And of course, uh, Dree stabs her father, and he withers into uh, dust. I believe it is. It's just like ash everybody goes to dust. dust. Everybody goes like, to dust. Psh. Yeah. Uh, and then she also stabs the fuck out of Balthazar. Just like, but he's not dead. Yeah, he's not he's dead. Not, what's, the, what's the whole thing? If they're like, I was just gonna say, if there's head, not dead. Is that what it is? I don't think I'm seeing no, it. No right. head, not dead. 
No head, not tail. Yeah. <laughs> but like the, the, the spice that we've been talking about. Yeah, there's, in this a, lot book. Maybe there's a lot of spice. There's a lot of spice. Maybe that, that's not what we're. Yeah. That's not the head. Yeah. We're, talking we're, about. Not, we're not there. We're not, yeah. Uh, yeah. But she does stab the fuck out of him. And that is when um, Blair and Lou show up, right? Like Blair's coming through the window and Dree's there and they have a very dramatic, like, kissy reunion. And, um, and Dreda's like, no, I fucking stabbed him. He's dead. And Blair's like, no, no, they're like, no, he, they're no, screaming no. it. No, he's not dead. He's not dead. Like they, and it, and it, you know what? Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking about this now. It's very full circle compared to when, uh, Liam was talking to Caleb about Caleb, don't turn your back on an enemy. And that's, you know, it, earlier in this book. And here we are at the end of the book. And that's what's going on. Yep. It's like, no, 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 no. And, and, and Blair's like, where's Liam? Where's Jane? Where are they? Uh, and Dre's like, well, you know, Jane's in the dungeons. I don't know where Liam is. He's like, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. He never gets there. We never get that. Um, but we get, uh, we get, we get Liam realizing that something is wrong. He realizes that the, I think the, the phrasing is like the cage in his mind with all of the orders opened up and it, he was like free. And he's looking around. He's like, what, 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 what? And then he realizes then that Balthazar must be like, quote, 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 dead and that he needs he needs to die. This is my extrapolation here. And he kind of goads Jane into stabbing him. It was my read from it. Uh, And then she does stab him and like kind of comes out of her uh, like lunacy and sees what is going on. And then Liam kind of turns into silver mist and floats away. It's It's very sad. There's no way it's like, there's no no way. Absolutely not. I refuse. No, because I'm going back to the, okay. Okay. Those particles will come back together because no head, not dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, that's that on that. Uh, very, yeah. And it ends on a cliffhanger. That's the end. And we get like a very beautiful, like page being like, you know, we're all sad together. Thank you, Deanna. But like, damn, 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 damn. Uh, my thing says, um, stabs Liam dead, body disappears. No, not really. Get fucked. Uh, oh, and she the, she says the thing. She says the thing oh. at the end of the book. How do we? You know, we love bringing the thing. Up. Uh, the no, last the slide. thing. The thing has been said at least three times. Uh, Shadows and lies is mentioned exactly like that, or like our life with shadow and lies, or everything with shadow mm-hmm. and lies. That is shadow and lies at least three times that I noticed for sure. So I, you know, we love when the title is in the thing. That's so we fun. We love it. They did the thing. They we did we just the hadn't thing. brought it up yet. <laughs> yeah, they did the thing. We love it when they do the thing. Uh, I do also kind of mostly like when books end on cliffhangers because it gets me really stoked for the next one. And this book does end on a cliffhanger. But of course, as we have mentioned, the next book is a prequel to this story. So um, damn, you got me twice because I got to know what happens in that to get us here. And then I have to know what happens here to get us there in book three, whenever that happens. Uh, Jess, did you like this book? I love this. I'm ready for a reread. Like, cause once you're in it, you're in it, especially like, cause I started this book by rereading the end of, uh, her first book. So I was just like going right into it and I would completely reread it. I'm actually kind of jealous that you've read it four times and I just haven't yet. Um, <laughs> because you're just, you, you love the characters. You love the story. You even said it took you a cut, like perfect example. You said you read a couple, it took you a couple reads till you were like, wait, 
her mom had an affair with Balthazar. Like this whole thing. It's so exciting. Um, did you have it? Like, what was your favorite part? Oh gosh, my favorite part. Did you have like a scene or just like general? Like, I loved this over, like over. I liked, you. I, I liked the intimacy. Not necessarily the sex. Not to say I didn't like the sex, obviously. The spice is amazing. But I liked the intimacy between Blair and Jane when they had quiet moments where Jane was kind of like, ooh, why am I embarrassed here? Like, this is this is a little bit more intimate, even though, like, we have been fucking all over everything. I, I liked those quiet moments because it kind of reinforces... This is just, you know, why choose? It reinforces that um, they are all like, they're a strong triangle, a triangle being the strongest shape, you know, like they're all, they're all there for each other. They can work as a couple. They can work individually, but they're strongest together. And uh, I, I liked that we had like the first book was very much Jane and Liam. The second book is very much Blair and Jane. And I hope that third one so like one two three in this series might be like all of them maybe because he's not vapor no he's not no he's not that's just like this is just a pause pre-k pause yeah Yeah. just a pause just a pause just a pause did you have a favorite part um i think it's for me it was really just seeing dree's growth her character arc so far and like her coming into her own, I really, really loved it. I mean, and we've, and we've talked about it too. All the quotes, like this book is so quotable. Um, and who knows what we'll end up naming the type, naming this episode because you would see one, I'll go, Oh, you know what? That's a great episode title. And then there were another one would come up. Oh, this is another one. So who knows? Um, I this my I have the the ebook I, and it's on Kindle Unlimited so um and I it's just highlights highlights everywhere and I know other people are making some of the same highlights cuz you have the little dots going under so um I really am excited to hopefully see more conversation around this book and yes. the series in general Absolutely. really get the pick up it deserves Absolutely and Diana of course is a friend of the show but that does not influence our review of the book the book just no, happens. She actually doesn't even know as of right now. She doesn't know we're recording. We haven't yeah. told her. So. We haven't told her yet. So surprise. If she happens to listen to surprise. it. Surprise. Surprise. This book just happens to be uh, delightful and we enjoyed it. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll make sure we'll have uh, Deanna's socials in our uh, in our show notes and feel free to follow us. We're on Akafe Podcast on Instagram. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you feel so kind to give us a five-star rating on whatever listening platforms you follow us on, we'd greatly appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon and thanks for joining. Bye. Bye.